As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's Top with Cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo, Sheila, and Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo, Sheila, and Zach coming at you with steps and things, flapping their wings on Birds with all I know is Zach said he has a game where Seals don't read both 7,000 And I said, I'm in. Let's go. Let's do it. And so the yeah, purpose of that's what I, really what I needed was not to get at least one more reader. Hello, everybody. I am Bo Wolf, joined by Zach Berman and Shilkapadia. On this episode of Birds with Friends, we will talk about uh, the latest lack of news on the Carson Wentz front, and we will do our annual Flu World Order. Uh, so plenty of stuff to get to. We've got uh, old friend Kent producing the podcast tonight. Marissa's on vacation, so those of you familiar with the extended Birds with Friends universe will appreciate that. Uh, but you know, I guess we can we can get going. It's sort of a it's sort of a heavy week. Zach, how are you? I'm I'm doing well. I'm excited for this podcast. But but you referenced obviously a heavy week. There have been uh, losses in the sports journalism community um, in, over the weekend today, and so. I, I, so that's what you were referencing. So I'm doing well, excited for the pod, but obviously heavy heart regarding uh, those specifically. Yeah, it's getting a little, um, it's getting a little tiresome. Like every day, uh, you know, a person you know or like have read um, is is passing away. So um, it's pretty pretty depressing. Hard to get out of the depression uh, a little bit. Uh, Therese Paler, who passed away today, uh, you know, I didn't know him. Uh, I didn't know him well, but you read the, uh, you know, you know, eulogies for lack of a better word, the remembrances. Um, and it's, it's obvious that he was, um, you know, someone who made a, a real impact on people's lives, obviously very, uh, very young at 37, uh, Pedro Gomez who passed away. I can't even remember now if it was yesterday or the day before, uh, similarly, like everyone who, Sunday, yeah. who, who he came in touch with, um, Spoke highly of him. My dad knew him a little bit and said he was, you know, as as nice as uh, anybody around. So um, it's crazy. And then uh, Chris Wessling, which I have to say, like, uh, you know, has just sort of gutted me a little bit. Um, 
I, I, Zach, you knew on Saturday that I was like out of town. And I, and I think I told you guys this on Saturday, we went up uh, with the family. We went up to Coatesville um, because I had told you guys that, you know, my, my grandfather had passed away and we've been in this sort of limbo of like no, no service. And, and boy, what a depressing start to this episode of Birds with Friends. Um, and so we were like visiting some of the places that I had remembered of like where he had grown up, his, his sister, my aunt, uh, Jane had lived there for a long time. So we went to where she lived. Um, and then we went to where like the, you know, the family burial plot is. And it was this, like, it was actually a very nice day. It was like, we had a, uh, you know, it was sort of a nice sense of not closure, but sort of connection. And my phone had died and I get back home and then I turn on, you know, uh, I, I go on Twitter and there's the news, uh, that Chris Wessling has passed away. And I was just like, totally deflated and a guy who like you know i didn't we exchanged emails a couple times but you know you listen to that podcast and you feel like you know him um and like what a you know what a beautiful soul and uh you know you you have people have i guess been aware of, of what he had been going through this was his second battle with cancer and i hate i've talked about this before i hate like the the framing of battle with cancer like lost a fight with cancer uh, i think we've talked about this on the show before like you know, if somebody, uh, you know, is, is, you know, living through cancer for like three years or whatever and uh, living a beautiful life, like there's no fight that you've you've won that fight. You've won the battle. So uh, I don't know. It's just uh, it's it's been a, it's been a very deflating week. That's really that's all I've got to say. Well, we'll talk about Carson Wentz in a bit. How are you, Sheil? Uh I don't know what I missed there. I, I was uh, in and out. I apologize for for StreamYard. I'm assuming that you uh, touched on. Uh, Therese, is is mm-hmm. that uh, accurate? Yes. Mentioned it, yeah. It's it, but would would love your contributions, obviously. Uh, yeah, it, no, it it, ha- it has been a very uh, rough week. I know you were talking about your uh, your Coatesville trip, of course. For people who didn't see uh, Therese Paler from uh, Yahoo Sports, you know, I, I just got out of my car and uh, saw the news uh, a couple hours ago. Couldn't believe it. I mean, a widely respected. Writer mm-hmm. had read his work, did not know him personally, uh, you know, younger than I am. And uh, just kind of shocking on, on top of what you mentioned, uh, Chris Wessling. You know, I, I felt the same way you did, Bo. I think with the best podcasts, uh, you listen to the hosts and you feel like you really knew them. And, uh, you know, I started listening to that around the NFL podcast when I was in Seattle. And, uh, you know, you're you're in the airport at 6 a.m. or you're uh, on a flight by yourself and you just kind of have your headphones in and it's good for yeah. some uh, great laughs. But it's a lot. You know, the episodes really add up over the years. And I always just thought he was a fantastic football mind, like a, uh, you know, like a football whisperer filled yes. with such wis- wisdom. You know, he really knew how to he never like, um, you know poo-pooed the analytics or the film or any of that stuff, but he knew how to just cut right uh, through the BS and had opinions. And, you know, he, he would put out these reading lists out there with just uh, every football book that he had read. And, you know, it's this weird thing now when someone passes away, I'll look at like my interactions with them via social media or whatever. And he was, you know, it went back to like when we launched birds 24 seven and, you know, he was excited about it. And he's like, Oh, we'll add, your feed to roto world you know you, you and uh tim mcmanus do a great job and it's just like oh my gosh that was um you know eight eight years ago or whatever and so um that one was devastating obviously has a a, a young child there 
um, with his wife was recently married. And so that one was certainly uh, tough on a personal level. You know, we, we had a death in uh, our family last week. Uh, shout out to Ramesh uncle in uh, Baltimore, my dad's older brother who passed oh, away. So, so yeah, it's been a tough couple of weeks. Zebra. I'm, I'm I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, yeah, no, I I would say regarding uh, regarding a Therese, um, in particular from reading him from afar. Obviously, I I read a lot of Chiefs coverage during the past eight years after Andy Reid left, and and he was the Chiefs beat writer. Did an outstanding job uh, covering that team, and you could really see the passion for football come through. Like Shield. Uh, obviously made a name in, in Philadelphia for what he was doing with film study. Uh, that's something Therese was doing in Kansas City, really breaking down the film and, and did a great job with that. Um, and, you know, I, it's somewhat relevant uh, this week when we're talking about, obviously, the, the Carson Wentz trade. And every reporter wants to be the one breaking it when you know that people who break the majority of the news are often the national reporters. Well, I think back to... Uh, February 2018, January it was it was January February it was the week of the Super Bowl, and it was a Wednesday night I believe we were at the uh, Super Bowl media party and word breaks that Alex Smith had been traded uh, to Washington and the person who broke it was not a national reporter it was it was Therese right um, and and so that it's really a tribute to him when the beat writer breaks the biggest story. Uh, and so I, I'm, I'm recognizing his work, but over the past few hours, I've read uh, so many tributes about him. And what really resonates was the way he treated people and the effect that he had on people. So I'd be remiss if I did not point that out because, uh, you know, I, I knew him casually and knew his work very well. But what really stood out to me were, were the, the personal relationships that he maintained. And uh, one last thing I guess I would say is that, um, you know, if you listen to the uh, the Around the NFL show they did in honor of uh, of Wes on, on Sunday night, which was incredibly poignant, I thought one thing that uh, Greg Rosenthal said rang very true to me, uh, just, you know, not to not to like grief splain, but uh, just when you go through these things that, you know, the best he's felt um, through all of this was when they were just there talking about him and, uh, you know, sharing their memories. And so I think that is uh, one thing that I have always found to be true is that, um, you know, the more you can talk about the people and uh, keep their memories alive and uh, uh, just share stories that like, you know, their loved ones may not have heard before just to hear one little separate, you know, interaction, which is a separate side of them that they didn't know, or just one little story. I think that stuff, uh, you know, always helps a little bit. So. That's like that's a good, I guess all I've got. What a start to the show! <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, I guess I guess I'm going to make you be the one who has to turn things around, Zach, and uh, and uh, turn us around. But what's the? Uh, why don't we send it over to the Stone Cold Newsman after uh, after that start and give us the latest on on the Carson Wentz news. Sure. So we referenced before. Uh, in passing, uh, Carson Wentz potentially being traded, likely being traded, and still seems to be the case from all indications, although it has not occurred yet, as as as, as we well know. Otherwise, we would be leading the show, or, or not leading it, but we'd be talking right now about where Carson Wentz is I forgot to get to super storecasting. Congratulations <laughs> to you, Zach. Oh, did I win that, actually? Yeah, I, I thought we tied. I thought Kelsey only had nine catches, right? Did he have ten? Kelsey had ten. Oh, he did? 
Oh, I thought it was nine. Well, congratulations. And, congratulations. Well, no, and I think she'll want because um, uh, I because you I, used I, all I, your turkeys. I threw all my turkeys in the end when I, I when I, I didn't need to. Uh, I just said, oh, seven turkeys, right? Uh, and yeah, you did. You shouldn't have done yeah. that. And I shouldn't have have done it. It wasn't. Good oh, and game so wait, theory. what was the second? What was the second tiebreaker? Because you both had zero left. We're gonna. Have oh, to we go both to had tape. zero left. Okay, so then we split it. Then what? Yeah, then we. No, split there was it. a there was a second tiebreaker. Listen, uh, let's just I wait till Marissa you. gets back from vacation <laughs> in a couple of weeks. Dennis, She'll Dennis sort it all out. So, so anyway, so so back to Carson Wentz uh, has not been traded yet, but since we last spoke. When we when we last spoke, it it, it it was the type of thing where we expected it to happen. Now there is even more of the expectation that he's going to be traded. You saw uh, a few more reports come out. Uh, Adam Schefter on Sunday said expect to be traded at any point. We've written about it both Bo and I. Bo had a a, a, a really good explainer on Friday that I, I would recommend that that shows the possible destinations, uh, the compensation, the cap ramifications. So definitely check that out. Uh, but but what uh, a few things to advance it here is our outstanding reporters in in Indianapolis, Zach Kiefer and and, and since Stephen Holder, they had a, a report that the Eagles are asking for a Stafford like trade, two first round picks and 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 another pick. And if if that's the case, obviously, then you can see why that demand has not been met yet. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of smoke around Chicago. There's potentially mystery teams. I imagine we'll all discuss that. Uh, my personal opinion is that it is that the Colts are the best fit. They've been the best fit from the beginning for both sides. Obviously, Carson's side, and we'll get into that. But also for the trading uh, for the acquiring team side, they can absorb that cap hit. They have the cap space. They have the need. They have the system. They have the offensive line. So I would still watch out for whether the Eagles and the Colts can find resolution. So what do you guys, uh, just in general, do you think that uh, has your opinion on the likelihood of this trade, the inevitability of this trade changed since we last spoke? Because I'm starting to feel just a little bit more unsure that this thing is actually going to happen, that the Eagles have maybe overplayed their hand. What do you guys think? My, mine has not. No, not at all. Okay. I mean, I, I don't th- I don't think there's any scenario. I think we ended, might have mentioned this at the end of uh, the last show, but given the history with Carson Wentz and sort of whether they were coddling him too much, whether he's unhappy with the organization, whether he's unhappy with how he wrote. I mean, I don't know, but it, it has not been good. And then to go and shop him as, the, you know, his name is all over the news. And, uh, you know, I think he wants to be traded. I think he wants a fresh start somewhere else. But then to go and do all that and then decide that, well, you know what, we didn't quite get the deal that we were looking for, uh, you know, we're going to bring Wentz back. I mean, that to me <laughs> would just reek of utter incompetence and is not within the realm of possibilities of how this thing can play out. You know, I, I think most likely, you know, th- this is just sort of uh, my read on the the situation is that I don't have a huge issue with Howie Roseman asking for a, a crazy haul. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of how negotiations go. Now, if it ends up that they get this terrible deal and then, we find out that they didn't take a better deal, a significantly better deal, then yeah, we can absolutely criticize him. But you ask for a lot. The other team says, no way. You ask for a little less. They say, still not there. You say, how about this? They say, okay, now we're talking. I mean, I don't know. That That's just how it works. So like, I don't think he To a point. I feel, like there's a, I feel like there is a point where you can be insulting. 
with what you ask for. No, I mean, I don't know. Maybe not. You know. That's how he roasts reputation, though, right? I mean, I think Peter King or somebody had written years ago that this is somebody who has a reputation of like he has to win the trade. Now, mm-hmm. you could look at recent trades and really say they. Yeah. It feels like they haven't won. You know, there haven't been trades where you look at them on paper and say, "Wow, they fleeced the other team." I mean, it feels like it's been a while uh, since that. But um, I would agree that Indianapolis remains the most likely team. Uh, I think certainly they've tried to drive the price up. They've tried to get other people involved. I think eventually it'll be Chris Ballard saying, "Listen, this is what we're willing to give up. Mm-hmm. We're not going all in on them." And Howie will say, "All right, you kind of called my bluff. There's, it's the best deal on the table." Um, and that will end up being the team. But we'll see. Who knows? It, there is more of an unpredictability to it now than it felt like there was, um, you know, whatever seventy-two hours ago. So uh, my answer to Bo's question is that my opinion has not changed here. As a matter of fact, it, it has been further fortified. Uh, you've seen te- um, in, you've seen in Green Bay management come out and say we're not trading Aaron Rodgers. You've seen in Houston Nick Casario come out and say you know we are committed to Deshaun Watson. Uh, if there are reports out that your franchise quarterback is going to be traded, the easiest thing to do if he's not going to be traded is to say you know is, is is to come out and say we're not trading Carson Wentz, right? And we've discussed this for a month now. Um, ever since Jeffrey Lurie was, was, was cryptic after, after firing Doug, when he referred to both quarterbacks as assets, uh, and after, 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 uh, Nick Sirianni did, did not give the firm commitment, um, to him, we, we've, uh, we've discussed this. So there's more smoke out there. The, the thing that will, uh, that will eventually learn more about is, how this relationship deteriorated. The Eagles are going to have to take a hard look at what they did to create the deteriorate or to create an environment that allowed that relationship to deteriorate. Certainly Carson Wentz has, has a lot with this too, but I, I, I agree with shield to the extent that you're always asking for a lot in negotiations. Like we all know, negotiations are about leverage. Uh, if there's, Another team involved, you know, if, if there's more than one team, if there's a, if there's a, a market, that's how you get more out of a trade. Now, teams can call your bluff. And the other part is if there are other options for the acquiring team, that's their leverage, right? So if the Colts or the Bears or another team say, you know what, we would rather trade for Sam Darnold or that's the risk that the Eagles run. So when we talk about the timing, there's really no impetus for having to do it now. Uh, I, 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 I think Bo did a good job outlining the timing of the contract, so the third day or fifth day of the league calendar. But really what you're trying to do is you saw the Stafford domino fall. You're trying to get ahead of the next domino because once a team acquires another quarterback, then there's a team off the board and that market thins. So, uh, well, first of all, uh, also everybody should read what you wrote on Saturday and your your thoughts on uh, on the Wentz situation since you're uh, you're plugging our stuff. Um, I I don't I don't think that it's less likely that he's going to get traded, but I think what has changed in my mind is like the expectation that it seemed like you know last Thursday or whatever that the Eagles it was going to happen quickly. They're going to get a nice haul, and we're all going to be like, "Wow, I can't believe what they got." And now I think it, it is starting to look like something that may drag on a little bit. Uh, and the Eagles are every day that goes goes by now. The Eagles are losing a little bit of leverage, I think, because it gets closer to the deadline where they have to get rid of him. Uh, other teams, as you said, can be sort of looking for other quarterbacks. 
Um, so that's that's where I am right now. Now, it, you know, it could happen tomorrow and we see what happens. But a couple other thoughts on on just like the rumors that are out there. And I want to see what you guys think about these. The first thing is that my my like antenna of how these things happen is and maybe this is just the um, uh, I forget the word, whatever, but uh just thinking that like this is too easy is that we're all we're hearing is Colts bears, Colts bears, Colts bears. It feels to me like when these things are so public like this, more often than not, it is they're being used and a different mystery team is going to be the team that ends up swooping in uh, at the end, swooping, of course, um, intended. What do you guys so who think, do you think about that, that team is? I think it could be. You know, it's, I think it's the same guys we've talked about before. Like, you know, it could be the Patriots, although I think that would surprise me. It could be the Raiders who we've talked about. Um, I think this is this is t- like totally unfounded. Un, uh, but one thing that I have thought about is uh, the Texans, not as a Deshaun Watson coming to the Eagles, because that I know we've we've had uh, people asking about that. It's a total non-starter. The Eagles literally cannot afford uh, to acquire Deshaun Watson, but if uh, if the Texans like finally uh, a- admit that they're not going to keep Deshaun Watson and get a big haul, then I feel like it's a possibility that they would then flip one of those assets and trade for Wentz in sort of sort of a you know a three way deal of sorts. Um, so that's the thing that I've talked uh, I've thought about. And then there's there's one other team I'm forgetting who uh, who could also be on the list. I, th- I said Raiders, but I think there's one other one. But anyway, what do you got? 49ers. I don't think the Panthers. Uh, the Panthers don't. That doesn't make sense to me. I could be wrong. So I think Houston is a is an interesting team. Like obviously they don't have the assets right now, so they would need to trade Watson. But from Carson's perspective, Broncos too is is also Broncos. Out, yeah, uh, uh, Carson has a home down there, I believe in in uh, Houston. Um, you know, if if you're looking for connections, Josh McCown. There's talk about him being on that staff, and oh, and Carson's close with McCown. So uh, you know, I, I that's an interesting destination from just a fit perspective but obviously they have a quarterback who's far superior and they don't have draft picks at this point no the, the McCown uh, connection is, is a smart one Zach I, I had not uh, thought of that previously but you know the all reports from Houston are that he's basically like a coach in waiting David Khalil coach this year maybe a couple of years maybe three years whatever until they feel like handing it over to Josh McCown now a lot of things can change between now and then but I, I mean, Josh McCown knows him very, very well. And, uh, you know, I just remember at this time last year, we were watching those all or nothing uh, episodes. And certainly, you know, with somebody who it seemed like connected with him pretty well. But I mean, I don't know that if that's the case, then I think you are going to be waiting because if right. the Texans decide that the Deshaun Watson situation, there's just nothing they can do about it. I mean, that that's a situation where you just open it up and say, all right, you know, we're like you do the Stafford thing, you know, because you just say, well, now he does have a no trade clause, but you basically say, everybody get your best offers in and, um, you know, have it let his agent talk to teams or whatever and then decide because you know the floor for that deal is going to be very high. So that certainly is an interesting team. And, and, and I guess if you just think about it in terms of why would this team be interested in Carson Wentz? You know, that's why it makes sense for the Colts and Bears. We know the connections with the Colts. We know the connections with the Bears. And I think even more so than the connections, because I actually think like the the DiFilippo thing is probably a negative uh, in terms of, I guess, probably from Carson's perspective. But that is a 
a, a front office that is desperate to win. You know, they need to find a solution. If they don't do it this year, there's a good chance they don't have jobs next year. That's why I don't think that the Broncos make as much sense because you got a brand new GM. A brand new GM is going to hang his hat on, on trading for Carson Wentz. I don't buy that. I don't buy the Niners from that perspective. You're really going to throw away Garoppolo for, you know, a guy who may not even be better. The Panthers are still at the beginning of their rebuild. I don't think that they would view Wentz as, as this like franchise reset guy. And then the, the Raiders are an interesting one. And I could see it from their perspective. You know, Gruden likes to take a big swing. Mayock is very familiar with Wentz. So that, that might be the, the mystery team that makes the most sense outside of Houston. I think it's go- I think I think it's going to end up, you know, we talked about the compensation. I think it will end up let's use Indy as an example. I, I think it will end up being something like they trade their what are, are their 20 or 21st, 21. Okay. They trade 21 and like a third or fourth to the Eagles for Carson Wentz and the Eagles send back 37. So on paper, so, yes. it'll be, all right, the Eagles got a first-round pick, but really you have to look at past trade precedents, with, which I've been looking at for uh, some of those deals, and it you know would probably be the equivalent of a second or a third-round pick. So I, I think that's where we'll end up settling, although as we've talked about for a long time, it's, it is very tough to predict. Uh, you know, no deal. This is going to be one of those like that Sam Bradford – uh, Nick Foles deal where you're like, wait, who ge- who gave up the second rounder and make sure you get all the details right because it really could be any number of things. To that point, I th- like I think we all agree that the Eagles are going to be very um, focused on like the headline of what they got back, mm-hmm. and so I think you're right that they're going to be willing to include whatever it takes to get the the top asset like as at a higher level. So listen, I think like uh, I think players could be involved, especially in in Indianapolis, we were talking about this over text, but, you know, Anthony Costanzo just retired. Would you throw in Andre Dillard, uh, which probably doesn't have a ton of value league wide. But then if you say Wentz and Dillard and, uh, you know, and a third that gets us a one or something like that, or, you know, is Zach Ertz involved, something like that. I think I think the Eagles are going to be willing to throw in whatever it takes to make the uh, top line asset be just look as good as possible. So I, I agree that I can definitely see players involved. I know a lot of the speculation has been has been players coming in, but I, I certainly think players going out is something to watch uh, two ways. First off, there's the sweetening of the, of, the, of the deal. You saw this, Byron Maxwell, Kiko Alonso in 13 to go up to 8. There's also, um, if, if there's a contract that's easier to trade than cut, um, you know, from the Eagles' perspective, then the Eagles can attach that contract with Wentz, the Colts can absorb it, and it, it, it makes it easier for the Eagles in terms of creating cap space. That being said, I just want to do this quick exercise. You guys are Howie Roseman, okay, and I'm Ballard here, and and, and I tell you, all right, she loves an exercise. This is it. This is it. I'm I'm tired of Fist constant back and forth. I'm tired of the reports. Okay, uh, my deadline is midnight tonight. I will give you 21 for Carson Wentz. That's my offer. If you don't accept it, I'm moving on to our our next plan. But I'm sick of this back and forth. So this is my offer: twenty-one for wins. So to, to, yeah, I mean, I'll take it yesterday. Are you kidding okay. me? <laughs> I'll pay for the flight out there. 
And, uh, you know, what is your family like to eat? Uh, you know, what is Frank Jones in for? What's I know the- what they want to eat in, in Indianapolis. We're in, uh, Howie's sending over some. Uh, oh, I uh, love that place. Cafe Patachu. Some pa- Cafe Patachu. Yeah. And some uh, Schwartz's Deli. Yeah. No, Shapiro's Deletition. Shapiro's yeah. Deli. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember when we ate there last year, a great moment was when uh, we ate there at the counter bow and. Yep. You know, uh, I, I think both of us have trouble with uh, with menus are not are not very uh, oh, decisive. Yeah. But you ordered something terrible. What'd you order like a you ordered like a bagel sandwich. You're like, why did I just order a bagel at this place? Yeah, it was bad. It was a bad order. We went there twice, I think, and uh, yeah, I, the I second order was a bad order. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what it was. They they throw things into omelets. I would never even you know dream about. Mm-hmm. Totally panicked. I hate a panic order. Yeah. And then and then uh, and then Brent Sella came in and, and uh, sat down next to us and I asked him about the uh, the tight end who went th- through the gauntlet drill the day before and got hit in the face. <laughs> that is also accurate. <laughs> and and so do you think that they would take that though? Do you think the Eagles yeah, would accept yeah, that? I, I, I know I know you would. Yeah, okay. no, I think they would a hundred percent. Right now, I, I don't know that the. Uh, I I mean, maybe the Colts would give that up. I, I don't know. I, I still feel like. It's if they're going to get a first, I feel like they're probably giving another pick back. But I could be wrong. Yeah, about I mean, that. I th- I think twenty one can do it. I think the Eagles are are still searching for more. Maybe I am wrong there. The rationalization from my perspective uh, is is this okay? The Colts uh, are not going to get a better quarterback at twenty one than Carson Wentz. I I feel fairly strong about that. That after you look at the top four quarterbacks, I don't think the prospects thereafter, whether you're talking about Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, you, you go on down the list. I, I don't think they'll find a better quarterback there. Maybe they can trade for, for Sam Darnold and not have to give up 21. Uh, uh, Darnold, with his age and his skill set, he's intriguing. Yeah. Um, maybe they can sign a Jameis Winston or trade for Derek Carr. But if, if they believe in Carson and they believe Carson can be fixed, uh, yeah, if it, now if Matt Ryan is available, then I think a, a lot can change. I would imagine San Francisco, yeah, I, I would imagine San Francisco would get involved in that situation. But for now, let's just say, let's say Carson is the top guy for them. The Colts like Carson. I, I can see it being a clean 21 for Carson, but I think the Eagles want more. Uh, the fact that the Stafford package is out there also... The Jay Cutler deal has also been discussed as precedent. Jay Cutler was traded for two firsts. Uh, the Jay I Cutler the, deal. Yeah, I I think the Eagles view like trading a 28 year old quarterback. Okay, that despite the year he just had, they they view as like a a as a starting quarterback, franchise caliber quarterback, but at least starting quarterback. I think they think they they should get more than a first round pick. Twenty one is less than they got for Sam Bradford, and Sam Bradford's stock was probably lower than than Carson Wentz's. Is. No, it can't. It couldn't have been. It couldn't have been. I mean, the the Vikings were desperate. Carson Wentz. This Carson Wentz's stock should be very very low. And this is this is this goes to a point that I was going to say. You know, you talk. You, you wrote about the other day, Zach, like the the uh, Eagles' history of being able to drum up. Uh, you know, trade uh, interest in like lower level guys. But there is also a very recent history of them completely misreading 
the, sure. the marketplace. And this is what they have gotten themselves in trouble with in the draft. It's why they tell us that, oh, we loved all these guys. They just got picked before us. Well, that's your fault for misreading what the league thought of these players. And I think they, right now, if it is true that they are really wanting a Stafford Hall and that's what they're waiting for, and that's not just posturing, I think that's ridiculous and it's gonna, it, it could cost them. Like if, if they get offered 21, they should take it yesterday and take it. They, I mean, if you're think about it, if you're Chris Ballard and he's asking for and Howie's asking for more than 21, I mean, you can say, Howie, you bet <laughs> this guy was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league last year. You benched him and don't sell me on. It was just one year because you guys think he stinks so bad that you're unloading him when his $128 million extension hasn't even kicked in. You're taking the biggest dead money uh, cap hit in NFL history because you think there's no chance you can even fix him, even though you have a new coaching staff. And now you think I should give you more than a first round pick? When, you know, two years ago, Jared Goff, three years ago, Jared Goff got to the Super Bowl. Two years ago, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, got to the Super Bowl. I can take a flyer on one of these guys. There are going to be guys out there. There are going to be quarterbacks with no uh, seat at the table in terms of a starting role, whether it's uh, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, whether it's trading for uh, Sam Darnold, whether it ends up being trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, there, there are other options out there. This year. And so uh, if that's what you're looking for, uh, good luck with it. You're not going to find that here. But uh, I I would, you know, I think there does come a time when he may need to, you know, if you're the Colts or a team that's interested, you do say, you know, listen, take your time. But uh, we're not going to be sitting around here waiting for much longer because we need especially the Colts. I mean, the Colts are the one team that literally do not have a quarterback on their route. Like if they had to play a game this weekend, they could not play a game. They would have Jacob Eason. Yeah, yeah, they would have Jacob Eason. I, I mean, I, I don't count that. All due respect to uh, Jacob Eason. <laughs> wow, shots fired. Former number one Jake, prospect. Jacob Eason catching a stray. I, I was actually, I thought it was Jake Luton. I, had, I didn't even, I had them, I had my Jakes yeah, confused. Jacob Eason, second round pick last year. Yeah, so they're a team that has to make a move for, so that like they can't wait around forever to do it. But uh, yeah, I just think it would be crazy for for the Eagles to think that they could hold out for more. I mean, if you thought you could get more than that, I feel like you would probably know that by now. So I think this is the fundamental difference. And I'm, I'm not saying this based on fact. This is my opinion between what you guys are saying and the Eagles position is you are looking at like Ryan Tannehill as precedent. The Eagles are looking at Matthew Stafford and Jay Cutler as precedent. The Eagles are, are, are saying what, what is it? Why, why should they be looking at Matthew Stafford instead of Ryan Tannehill? Like Ryan Tannehill is basically what is going on here. Carson Wentz was the worst quarterback, starting quarterback in the league last year, and there's a very real chance he is permanently broken. I think there's there is more of the ability to rationalize 2020 than there is to overlook like 2017 to 2019. Shield had a brilliant tweet the other day. Joe Banner, the longtime Eagles president. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he confirmed that you know Shields the voice of reason here, uh, as 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 usual, right? And and I I thought Shield I I don't even say this in jest. I I texted Shield that night, poking and confirmed, and I said you can write a column based on that tweet. It's a great take. And basically, well, I'll 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 I'll, I'll defer to you. It's, explain what the you said. Enough. But I, th- I I thought the way you explained Carson's value to other teams is a play. I got good engagement there. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean I just Look. said that, you know. Uh, 
I'm trying to think of what I even said. Oh, yes. So so I, I think if you are a another team looking to trade for Carson Wentz, you're saying, all right, 2020 was an outlier. He had, whatever, 14 different offensive line lineups. He didn't have a great supporting cast. The coach, all right, somebody just said, read the tweet, John J. Patterson. I think that's a much better <laughs> idea than what I'm doing. This is why we keep you guys around. I have to go into 20 minutes on it when I can just read this in uh, 90 seconds. Bo, go ahead while I find it. No, no, I think Well, I think the general point, and, and you can you you will say it better than I will, but it is it is easy to explain away why Wentz was bad this year, and I and I I wrote this in the thing. Uh, you know, the difference between Wentz and Goff is you can talk yourself into from the outside. Jared Goff was successful because he had Sean McVay and this you know good offensive system around him. The way that Sean McVay is viewed league wide is that he was getting the most out of Jared Goff, and so if Jared Goff wasn't good enough for him, he's not good enough for anybody. Whereas the perception of the Eagles right now is probably that they are a dumpster fire. They just fired the coach. Uh, they they drafted this guy underneath them. So they are the ones who messed up Carson Wentz. We can fix him. Um, and I think and I think that is the difference between he and Goff, at least the way that the Eagles are hoping he's viewed. And the flip side to that is if 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 you're selling me, if if I'm Chris Ballard and Howie's telling me that, well then I say, then you fix him. Like if you think he's so good, then he doesn't you want keep to come back around. though. Well, yeah, That's I know. Uh, so, yeah. So basically, I just said, you know, if you're the team trading for Wentz here, uh, what I think your conversations are, you say 2020 was an outlier. Howie Roseman was bad. Doug Peterson was bad. Bad supporting cast. It was, you know, a stretch of how many games did he start last year? Twelve. Yeah. 12, 12, 12 games. So it's, you know, it's 12 games out of his entire career. You look at 2018, 2019 as the more likely outcome for what he's going to be. Now, he was not setting the world on fire those years. However, if you look at most metrics, he was around the 11th or 12th best quarterback. He did not have great supporting cast those years either. So you can say, all right, you know, that, that should be what he's going to be uh, the most likely scenario. And then you say, you know what, that 2017 ceiling, maybe that is attainable. So maybe, you know, for most years, he's not that, but maybe a couple of years, he is that he's only 28 years old. And so if you think he's a top 15 guy, basically paying him two years at $47.4 million is not an unreasonable salary. I mean, it's, it's yeah. really, you know, it's probably under market. If you, if you're say if you, I know this can't happen, but if you were to able, able to guarantee that he was going to be a top 15 guy, then that would be a perfectly uh, reasonable salary. Now, my opinion on that. So if I were in the room with uh, Chris Ballard, Frank Reich, whoever, I would say, I don't think that's a risk I want to take. You know, he has not, we talked about this the last podcast, but he has not shown an ability to fix any of his major flaws. The fumbles are an issue. The accuracy has been an issue. Uh, you know, I don't know if the, if we count the durability or not, I know some people kind of push back on me uh, for that. I, I'm not saying that's a definite question, but it's certainly something you could say that could be a question. And then there's the personality stuff that has come out, whether it's, you know, clashing with a, a coach or uh, maybe not being the guy who everybody loves in the locker room. And so you add all those things up. And I would say that's a lot to overcome if we're giving up a first round pick, paying that and there are other options on the table. So uh, it really cut does come down to a coach and GM saying we can fix him. They couldn't fix him. 
you know, Doug didn't know what he was doing. Uh, Howie didn't know what he was doing. Look at what he was working with. He'll be fine here. And that happens all the time. That happens in free agency. That happens in the draft. That happens with trades. I mean, to an extent, that really is what happens with, with Sean McVay making that Stafford deal, right? I mean, Stafford has not been... If you take Stafford's performance over whatever the last three years, and that's what the Rams are getting, that's not good enough to warrant the trade that they made. But they're saying he was in a bad situation. The raw talent is there. The film is there. He's going to be better in our situation. And so that's why we're willing to give something up for it. So let me ask you guys this then. Okay, this is a hypothetical. Carson Wentz goes into into Lurie. He goes in the office with Lurie and Howie and Peterson last year. And he says, uh, he says, I know I signed that contract back in June 2019, but really I've, I've had a change of heart. Uh, I no longer believe in this organization. I don't, you know, I, I, my wife's pregnant. I, I want to move somewhere else. Uh, Throw you know, the pregnancy to, in there. I like it. <laughs> or no, I, I was just, all right. I, I, I <laughs> oh, is that true? That I didn't even know that. No, no, no. no this no, is, no, you're saying this is last yeah. year. Last oh, year. year ago. <laughs> a year ago. Okay. So, so this is before 2020 exists. I'm just saying he, he walks in he, and basically says what Nolan Arenado said. I've lost faith in the organization. I want to be traded. You guys suck. What, what is the price? What is the price that the Eagles get a year ago? And the reason I bring that up is because if one can rationalize as if one can rationalize 2020 as the outlier, I know you can't eliminate it from discussion. But my feeling is asking for two first round picks a year ago would not have been outlandish. So get so trading one first round pick now for after a year you thought was an outlier could essentially be rationalized as a discount almost. Yeah, but if you wait What's another the year, year there's a good chance you get nothing. What's the price a year ago? That's what I'm, I'm just saying. What's the price I a year I think the ago? price a year ago is probably two first-round picks. Yeah, I, I think you're right. But, I mean, I don't know. This is the uh, the super forecasting. Uh, I'm, I'm probably botching this as I always do, even though I, I love the book. We probably don't understand it as well as I should. But, you know, with the additional information, you revise your forecast. and Sure. You, know, you can't throw out what happened in 2020, the way it happened, the uh, new information that came out, uh, not just with his performance, but with his, uh, you know, his issues with Doug Peterson and taking to coaching and um, all that, all, all those things. So uh, I do think you have to take all those into account. Uh, DFOP Ryan Jones says that uh, he thinks that the 2018-19 version of Wentz is very overrated. You look at those with rose-colored glasses due to beating four poor teams at the end of 2019. And I, I do agree with that to an extent. At the same time, we're dealing with such a small sample as it is that, you know, if those were the first four games of the season, like, I just take it as a whole. You know, we're not throwing out um, – the four games every other quarterback had against the, you know, four bad teams. And so um, it is a fair point. I mean, really at after 12 games last year, we, we probably were voicing a lot of concerns about uh, Carson Wentz, but uh, I do think you have to include kind of the more games you can include, basically the better. I think that's right. Any other pregnancy news to break? No, I wasn't. I was just referring to a year ago. Like I was, I I walk in, you know, if he just said, I want to go, it would have seemed odd a year ago, right? He, he was, uh, he had signed his contract six months earlier. He brought them to the playoffs, started his first playoff game. So I was just like spitballing like uh, in in that scenario. And it's worth mentioning, uh, you know, it's like hard to imagine a more perfect trade 
target than the Colts. Just, I mean, we, we talked about this, but because they have so much cap space, because they are a team, you know, a playoff caliber team without a quarterback, and because Frank Reich, uh, you know, if you go back to the pre-draft process, like Doug, Doug Peterson said he was the guy who more than anybody else was standing on the table for Carson Wentz. Like he was the one who was sold over everybody. Um, and they've got Press Taylor there now. Like if they don't want him, then you're not getting what you're asking for. So it's it's an interesting – like if I'm, a, if I'm another team – like why would I why would I outbid the Colts when they're the team who is incentivized more than anybody else to and have more information because, to go get because it. because good quarterbacking is a is a scarce resource and if if you if you believe Carson's a good quarterback we've already discussed the other potential quarterbacks you can get if you need a quarterback and you're not drafting in the top ten this year or you're not drafting in the top five this year let's say uh, I like Sam Darnold more than most but. Um, you know that that's he he comes with far less of a track record than Carson Wentz. Who else are you getting to be your quarterback? Uh, and, and frankly, this is why like the Eagles situation is not so encouraging either because it's not as if the Eagles are moving on from Alex Smith to go with Patrick Mahomes. It's 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 not as if they are trading Jared Goff because they think Matthew Stafford's an upgrade. They're they're making this move essentially. Because it's like an ugly divorce, right? Like both sides, you know, or from Carson's side, he doesn't want he he doesn't want to be with the Eagles, and from the Eagles side, I, I guess they just don't want to try to fix it, right? I, I don't know if the Eagles are a better team the day after they trade Carson Wentz, um, and and so uh, for acquiring teams out there, it's it, I understand Carson had a bad year, and I'm not like I, I'm I you can't eliminate that from conversation. But I think a reasonable person can argue that Carson's the best option for an acquiring team that's not going to draft Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or, I mean, it depends what you think of Zach Wilson or Trey Lance, but Lawrence or Fields, let's say. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, the right point that Bo made, I mean, Howie obviously knows that. And so, you know, that that could certainly be a factor in, all right, you know, let, let's really – try to drive the price up. I'm, you know, they feel strongly that Reich wants him, but I mean, it is Ballard's final call there, you yep. know, to, so he's the one who's trying to um, instill uh, some discipline. They took a big swing for DeForest Buckner uh, last year, but other than that, uh, I would say they've been, I don't know if conservative is the right word, but you yeah. know, they haven't been the team that you're going to just, you know, go and uh, fleece or they're going to have a price on somebody who they say we 100 uh, percent want this guy and we'll give up whatever it takes type thing. And so uh, it, it's strange. I mean, it, it feels like there are a lot of, you know, now there's Russell Wilson rumors. There's Derek Carr rumors. Yeah. It almost feels like every team is I don't know if any of those it's are real or not. Yeah, it, it is. It is a wild, uh, wild off season for sure. I feel like I had something else to say, but I can't remember it. So uh, whatever. Michael McDaniel, uh, you can go to hell. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, the 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 last thing I, I would add regarding the Colts is I think that's a good market for Carson too. Like it's a good situation, not just from a football perspective, but certainly it's less of a pressure cooker than Philadelphia. You know, it's a it's it's a Midwest market. And the other thing is is it's it's. You're you're coming to a team that has that has had three different starting quarterbacks during the past three years, right? You know, there if if he goes to certain situations where you're you're replacing someone or there's a big shadow looming, I mean that's a a, 
that's essentially what the issue has has been in in Philly has been that looming shadow. Now the, the whether it was Nick Foles, whether it was the drafting of Jalen Hurts, I think that and and by the way, that speaks to Carson too. If both of those factors were major issues for him, but if if you go to Indianapolis, I don't think you have that. You're viewed as as the answer, and I, I don't think you're dealing with the type of baggage or scrutiny that you have in Philly right now. Anecdotally, uh, like other teams' fans bases are not excited about Carson Wentz as the answer. But anyway, yeah, that that that's true. Uh, let me ask you uh, this question before we, we can probably move on to the. Uh, to the next segment, but I have a piece coming out tomorrow where I, I did, uh, I'm doing like a look ahead power rankings, but basically I like that ranking, good idea. Ranking every team based on the chances that they are contending for a Super Bowl next year, uh, next year, 2021. That's it. Oof. So, it's, you know, uh, where would you, you know, just off the top of your head, where would you think the Eagles would rank in that, uh, mix? Like 30th. Yeah, I, I would say, <laughs> I would say twenty nine, maybe. 20, yeah, I'll, I'll go twenty nine. I think I had him thirtieth. Thirtieth. Wow. It was a it was a crazy exercise to do because it, you know I don't know that they're going to be like a four and twelve team. I think they certainly could be mediocre. You know, around uh, yes. hovering around five hundred, but their ceiling for next year is so low. Like there's no, totally I agree. Think I, I think I said unless you know. Jalen Hurts is Russell Wilson and Nick Sirianni is Bill Walsh that there's like no path. There are other teams you can, you know, you can sort of paint a picture for. Well, you know, all right, you can kind of talk yourself into there are very, you know, there's probably a handful of teams, five, six teams, I would say, where you're just like, there is zero scenario where this team can contend for a Super Bowl next year. And they're one of those teams. And that kind of just yeah. puts in perspective. Uh, I did that. Assuming a Wentz trade, although you know you probably could say it if if he's back, maybe uh, he catches fire. But um, that kind of puts into perspective where they are going into twenty twenty one. Yeah, I think I think they've probably got a better they've got a better playoff chance than most of teams uh, at the bottom, just because they play in the NFC East. But yeah, the the Super Bowl upset, I agree, is is not there. Yeah, that's that's the fallacy of the uh, the Eagles using this rationalization or excuse of trying to extend the Super Bowl window like they this isn't the Cavs trading all their assets because LeBron James might leave and you're trying to like capitalize while LeBron James is here basically like the Eagles are are saying we have nothing now because so we could have gone nine and seven nine and seven and then four eleven and one right like they have they 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 keep explaining this like well we knew we were going to be in this situation It's the price you pay, but they have nothing to show for it besides <laughs> nine and seven. Nine, like it's like that to me is is more damning than the situation they're in. It's 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 that they say, well, we they keep talking about the strategy, like the strategy was so fruitful. Um, yes, I don't that's think a fans, great point. I don't think fans would be upset right now if they say we're going to take it on the chin in 2021, but we had this great run to show for it. They did not have this great run, and I think they they convinced themselves that they mm, did. Well, they were an Alshon Jeffrey drop away yes, from the Super exactly. Bowl, as Jeffrey Lurie said. And I think that's a great point, and they would have been in better shape then and now if they had made different moves, yes. if they had exactly. infused some youth into the team. Um, I guess the last thing, we, we I don't think we should go into this because it's it's too uh, deep of a topic, and we can save it for another time. But I, I am like just fascinated in the way that Carson Wentz is going to be received 
uh, you know, long term and like how much of a villain is he for sort of, you know, turning his back uh, on the team? It's like we, you know, fans, we don't like the GM either, but you don't tell it like you, you're still under contract. You should play here. So uh, I guess we can talk about that. Yeah, time. I mean, I I need to hear from Carson, right? That's that's the big thing. Like, I, I, I want to hear he Carson's won't even address it. He won't address it for, for well, even in his intro press conference with his new team. He's going to be asked, like, what went wrong in Philly? And he's like, he'll, he's going to yeah. say that's in the past. I'm here to focus on, yeah. you know, the Indianapolis Colts. He's never going to address it. You know, I, I mentioned I mentioned Owen Arenado before, and I, I, I know it's a cross sports reference, but the, the Athletics' Mark Carrig had a great column on the Rockies there, uh, basically talking about like their responsibility and how 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 much of a failure that was for the organization, um, and like that has been fleshed out why why there was a disconnect between the two sides, and Nolan Arenado discussed it. Like I I need to hear. Carson Wentz say why he wanted to be traded. What 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 about this relationship deteriorated? Because Bo is absolutely right. The view now, because Carson hasn't said anything, is that Carson turned his back on the team. Carson got a coach fired, right? Uh, and Carson can't handle what's coming. So I don't know if that's accurate, right? Like I've heard a lot of different a lot of different a lot of different theories uh, and opinions here. But I want to hear from Carson why this deteriorated. Okay. We'll have plenty of time to get in whether he says anything or not. Uh, My singular Super Bowl take is that um, the the phrase Super Bowl winning general manager Jason Light uh, puts into good perspective how little it means that the Eagles – won a Super Bowl, that Howie Roseman put together a Super Bowl winning roster. This is a guy who drafted a a kicker in the second round, has been terrible for like a decade, and then he lucks into getting Tom Brady. So that's that's my cherry. You can't cherry pick the bad picks and like not, I mean, not recognize that, you know, Devin White wasn't the most popular pick. Ali Marpet was, uh, what, Hobart College? You loved Ali Marpet. Does the the Marpet match the drapes? Classic senior he's, bowl conversation. He's he's hit on picks too, so you know I yeah I, I you you can't cherry pick that. So I, I mean at, John Lynch, you know, made a Super Bowl. I just I don't think it's that impressive. We're an hour in. Let's get to this nonsense okay. exercise. Unless you want to call it and uh, say, unless you want to just talk about the Super Bowl and then save this for the next one, which we could do. <laughs> it's okay. We'll get into. It. We've done the work. It's the first time we've prepared for a podcast in a while. Okay. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Okay, so we have the the flu world order, which is uh, which was uh, an accompaniment to the article that uh, Zach and I posted today 
on The Athletic going through the uh, Eagles free agents to be and a few other players on the roster, whether we think they're going to be back in 2021. For those of you unfamiliar with Flu World Order, there are 24 players on this list. And the three of us have gone through the exercise of ranking them 1 to 24, 1 being the player we think is most likely to be back with the Eagles in 2021, and 24 being the player we think is least likely. And uh, there are two separate categories here. There are the impending free agents. For those players, the question is, will they be on the Eagles roster at any point in 2021? So this is the uh, the Richard Rodgers corollary, uh, or rule, rather. So if a guy doesn't get signed right away, but gets signed as a, you know, a fail-safe midway through next season, that counts. Then there's a separate category for the players who are currently under contract, players like Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey and Malik Jackson and Andre Dillard and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. And for those players, the uh, question is only, are they on the week one roster? So if you think they're going to be traded before the start of the season, then you would put them uh, lower on your list. Are we, uh, are we clear on the rules, gentlemen? I mean, not really. I spent about three <laughs> minutes on this bad boy. I don't know who some of these players are. Uh, but, you know, I have numbers next to them. So let's go. Okay, sounds good. And, of course, I am, I believe, a three-time defending champion. Doesn't uh, surprise me. Doesn't surprise me either. You know, come with the king. Okay. <laughs> uh, why don't we start with the man who uh, may never leave the Eagles. Let's start with Jason Peters. Let me just give the Cliff Notes version. So when we say a low number, that means we think the player will be on the Eagles next year. When we a low number meaning one or two, when we say a high number twenty three or twenty four, we think there's no chance of the player coming back. All right, and always a fun exercise because you start you start at like you, you've got your top, your bottom, and then you just got to sort of fill it out in the middle. Yeah, I okay. would disagree with fun exercise. Uh, Jason <laughs> Peters, I've got at eighteen. Mm. I have at nineteen. I have at nineteen as well. Wow, nothing so to, nothing go. to discuss there really. Not much to discuss. Only at not at the very bottom because you could see a scenario where like eight offensive linemen get injured, and he's hasn't signed yet. Or I could, yeah. Or you could see it's a like, Stoutland uh, thing. Yeah, Stoutland's back, and you know we need we need a swing tackle. Uh, Jay, I don't know. Yeah, you're probably right. An injury probably would be the way to get him back. Okay. Next up, we have Jalen Mills. Mm. Jalen Mills. From this year. Four. Ooh. I've got Mills at seven. I have Mills at ten. Ooh. This is an interesting one. So, the, I mean, listen, the Eagles have, they're going to have, like, it's, if the Wentz trade goes through, they're going to have no cap space. Like, they're going to have to move mountains just to get under, and they're going to have, regardless uh, not be able, of whether it goes through. Well, if, if it doesn't go through, they can still uh they, they, they restructure him? I guess they could, yeah. I mean No, I mean they're in bad they're they're right. well yeah. they're they're in bad shape regardless. But if the trade goes right. through, they've got like no room to sign anybody. I think maybe they would if they if they bring him back, I guess they would commit for two years, because they're committing for two years anyway. God, what a disaster that would be. Um when so back I think I, I think Mills on that. I think Mills um would like to come back. And they don't have any starting safeties right now because Rodney McLeod's hurt. You know, you might like Kayvon Wallace a little more than I do, but 
Uh, even even he is an overlapping skill set with Mills, but I think Mills might be willing to come back for something close to the minimum, and the Eagles don't have anybody else um, who can start there. So I think I think of the like real free agents, he's the likeliest to come back. I mean, he was a free agent, uh, uh, unrestricted free agent last year, and nobody there was no right. market, yeah. and he came back, for, switched positions for one year, four million dollars. So uh, I can't imagine what he did this past year is going to change that drastically. Now, Jim Schwartz is no longer there, so they might just say, we're not even entertaining that. We want nothing to do with him. Um, but, you know, there aren't a lot of great players on this list, so uh, that's why I had him at four. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will say that I geared my uh, lower numbers or higher numbers, however you want to phrase it, to players who are already under contract as opposed to, f- for the reasons we mentioned, like signing guys, uh, especially veterans, are going to be difficult unless it's the minimum. Um, he has to be like a player that they really want. Uh, but how he did draft him, how he likes him, Jalen won't find a, a, a more inviting depth chart than what the Eagles offer. Where do you guys have Alshon Jeffrey? Okay, we're jumping here. Uh, 22. Hmm. 24. I, at, I also have him at 24. He is my, he is my dead last. I mean, what would the scenario be where he comes back? <laughs> Yeah, I'm curious to know who Zach has below him. Yeah. What, <laughs> I mean, Zach, I mean, Zach, why don't you tell us? Who do you have at 23? Well, actually, I, I will say this. I had I initially did not have um JJ and uh and Dillard, Dillard okay. in our because uh, they we didn't do piece, that for, yeah. exactly. And so then when you guys texted 24 and like five minutes before I, I came on today, I was like, <laughs> wait, I only have 22 here. Uh, <laughs> so then I I I, I adjusted that. And I didn't change Alshon's number. I, I changed two other guys. So below him, I have I have Nate Sudfeld, and Ooh. I'm trying to see if I have a. You yeah. have Sudfeld at twenty three. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I and Josh Perkins. Um, but, oh, oh! Uh, you can, I think you have a chance to get screwed on both of those guys. I might. I mean, honestly, I did not. Um, like, <laughs> I did not put much uh, thought into that. This was that was a last minute scramble. I have Sudfeld at six. I have him at 11. Really? <laughs> you have Sudfeld? <laughs> I know Jeffrey Lurie said they he's They need someone to play back, a backup quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I think that they would have someone who can help with the system, right? Someone who's who – there but are enough guys with a what background. What if they can't afford it? I mean, is is Nate gonna want to come back here? <laughs> I I sort of agree with you, but like, who who's gonna <laughs> listen? Let's stop with the charade. If Nate has four hundred <laughs> options, what do you mean does Nate want to come back that's here? True, that's I mean, true. Who is he? Deshaun Watson or something? Deciding to play. Come on. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I've got I, an I, eleven. I, I think it's very. I think it's very possible. Yeah. <laughs> the other scenario there is that. They have a quarterback gets injured and Sudfeld doesn't have a job and then he joins mm. them, you know, midseason. That's a good so, point too. That's a good point. Very right. possible. Jeffrey did say he's outstanding. <laughs> that, I mean, he's, I mean, I'm unstoppable. I haven't been able to stop thinking about that Week 17 game against the Giants. I mean, he wants to be a starter in this league, baby. Uh, and then you have Perkins at 24. I have Perkins at 17. I have oh, I have Perkins at 17 as well. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, I, I mean that's we'll a very a reasonable. I, that's a yeah. very reasonable week thirteen. We need an extra tight end. Perk is on the street. We sign him. Uh, okay, uh, where do you guys have Malik Jackson? 
Wait, I by the my, way, with Alshon. I have him at 23. Uh, with, Malik Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey are basically already released. They're, they've been, their contracts have been restructured so that they're going to get cut with post-June 1 designations. Okay. Yeah, so I've Alshon, got him at 22. Okay. Uh, all right. I, I was just going to make my point about Alshon. Alshon, from what I understand, like loves loves Philly. Like wants to live in Philly. Uh, I they're gonna cut him, right? <laughs> I don't know who's I don't know who's gonna sign Alshon. <laughs> to be honest with you, so maybe this is like a, a cut and uh, you know sign for a, a league minimum in in August when if, if if someone gets hurt. So that's why. Uh, okay, that's why I was saying that. Yeah. And then where do you have Malik Jackson? Uh, Malik Jackson. Let me pull this here from this year. I have Malik Sorry, Jackson. I'll at go 20. in order from now on, so you don't get confused. No problem. I've I've Malik Jackson at twenty. Okay, twenty three for me, twenty two for Shield. Uh, okay, where do you guys have Nickel Roby Coleman, who was a free agent? Ooh. I shouldn't have jumped around because I'm confusing the listeners. Uh, Malik Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey are both under contract. Everybody else has been a free agent so far. Josh Perkins is a restricted free agent. I've got 20 for Nickel Roby Coleman. 21 for me. Yeah, so this is going to be bad because I have him at 20, but I already used my 20. So Uh-oh. there's a number that I don't have. So, I can't figure well, out Dennis, which way to go. I know you're listening. Center myself. Uh, yeah, I, I, I know Dennis is, is, is listening. You're going to have to, I guess, give me the option of Jackson or Roby Coleman in whichever spot I did not use here. Okay, okay. that's fair. Yeah. Okay, I'll figure it out. <laughs> Two 20s. <laughs> Uh, okay, where do you guys have uh, another impending f- unrestricted free agent? Vinny Curry. I have my 21. Hmm. 16. 16 for me, too. Oh, cheating Ooh, off my paper. So you can't rationalize go. bringing back a 33-year-old Vinny Curry like to be a depth defensive end. Probably not, but what if, what if, they, what if they trade... Derek Barnett or sure. cut Derek Barnett, which I don't think we think is likely, but then you're very thin at defensive end. Sure. Is it that crazy that they'd bring in Vinny Curry for camp? It's not. And Vinny loves it here. And he, he lives in, he lives in South Jersey. Would love to be. Yeah. So I can see that, but he has okay. to be on the week one roster, right? No, he doesn't. He's a free oh, agent. You see, all right, he rules. just has to be, he just has to be in camp for one day. <laughs> We All should, right, we so should decide if a on ceremonial one-day one contract counts. No, I mean, he still should not be back. <laughs> okay. I mean, I agree. Uh, okay, next up. Again, the, so resetting. These guys are all, if they're ever on the roster for just one day this, this year. Uh, Hassan Ridgeway. Well, a commenter Grace shared my sentiment. She said... She said he loves it here, LOL, which I, I would kind of like. I mean, I'm sure he does. I know he was an Eagles fan, but I mean, it's not the most attractive option right now. No, but, but no. when I say loves it here, I mean like a guy who, who when their career is finished is still going to live in the area. Like some of these guys are on the first flight out of the area, uh, but you like know, there are players. Ike, Ike Reese is an example. He, he wanted to retire. Really, yeah. <laughs> All right, who who are we on? Hassan Ridgeway. I have him at number ten. Oh my! Wow. I had Hassan at twelve. What's Hassan's status? He's a free agent. He's a free agent. I think they, I think they would we they would welcome him back as a third defensive tackle. Uh, The problem is he can't stay healthy. Like you're gonna if you're if you're gonna 
you'd like that guy to be on the field more. He hasn't played more than seven games in each of the last three seasons. Um, that's right. One year. One year. And they were desperate to get rid of him. They flipped him for a seventh-round pick. So, um, But, you know, Cannon was, was not the defensive coordinator. Grace is holding you to it. When Vinny Curry retires, we need to revisit where he's choosing to live. <laughs> He's not, you think he's gonna you think he's gonna get a moving truck for all those Jordans? He's staying right where he is. He's the whole room. That's true. All right, what do we got? All right, next up, the man who uh, was the biggest swing in last year's flu world order, the man they called Dick Rod, Richard Rogers. Fifteen. Thir- Thirteen. Oh, you guys are low on my man again. I've got him at nine. Oh my god. I think it's he was good last year. As a, were you going to do better as a third tight end if he signs for the veteran minimum? Yeah, I no think younger. it's very reasonable that they'll bring him back for the minimum. No, listen, Maybe. just uh, try to get somebody with a little upside, please. Yeah. He was the best tight end in the league for like three weeks. <laughs> All right, I can't. I literally have reached my quota of talking about Richard Rodgers. On doesn't the know the offense. Just I don't want to hear his name. <laughs> I mean, I hope he has a great career. I don't want to hear his name again. Good guy, though. Yeah, good guy. Let's let's do Strap. Cravon LeBlanc at 13. Eight. Uh, 11. Wait, who was eight? You were 11, Zach? You were eight, Shield? Yes. I'm at 13, so I'm a little bit uh, lower on Strap coming back. You you write a great piece on the piece about him, and then you throw him under the bus at 13. Listen, when I was staring down this list, there was a lot of pressure as a three-time defending champion. I'm not going to piss down my leg, okay, with this pressure. And I got to call it like I see it. Down your leg. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, I mean, I think, think, you know, it's not like he's going to have a great market, but... He's been sort of disrespected by the organization, I think, a little bit. And I, my expectation is uh, the Eagles are going to move Avante Maddox inside. So what's the, you know, why, why, would, why would they bring Strap back? The little depth corner. Feisty guy. I like him. You don't have to sell me on him. And, and by the way, a, uh, a shout out here to Shields, top 50 free agents. Terrific column. It's, gonna, it's a resource you should bookmark. But I bring that up here because... All these guys here were like, they're not going to come back, but there's not really a market for them either, right? Uh, right. There's There was no one on Shields' list from the Eagles. There was no one on like the other receiving votes from the Eagles either. So this is a situation where some of these guys like might be veteran minimum guys with, with no other opportunities elsewhere or few other opportunities elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, there were literally over 100 guys and not a single <laughs> Eagle on there. I wasn't doing that on purpose either, <laughs> It was very funny. Pistol Pistol Pete. Shout out to Pistol Pete who had a good tweet about it. Uh, we have to skip Duke Riley because I can't read my notes right now. Corey Clement, where do you guys have? 18. I had him at 14, and I feel like I probably should have had him a little bit lower. I had him at 15. I don't know. I, I th- He could be a camp body. Because like, there's a guy, you got to say one thing about Corey Clement. Loves it here. <laughs> He wants to be here. I would agree with that. Yes. <laughs> that, is, that is true. That is true. Uh, what do you guys have for Rudy Ford? Still unrestricted 15. free agents. What was that? 15. 13. Um, I have 14. So we're, we're in agreement that Rudy Ford could yeah. be back. <laughs> A little flush there. 13, 14, 15. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is an interesting one. 
the man they call White Snake, Nate Gary. Where do you have the this former interesting one. dime linebacker for the Eagles? Like three down linebacker is what I mean. Yeah, this is a tough one for me. I, I had him at sixteen. I think he's a better player than he gets credit for in this fan base. I think he's a special teams reserve guy, but he might just want to well, go somewhere else. He's not that good of a player then. But no, but like fans talk about him like he doesn't belong to be in the league sometimes. I had him at twelve just because they do need to have linebackers on the roster, and I'm not sure anyone's uh, knocking down the door for Nate Gary. So I could be wrong, but I had him at twelve. I have him at eighteen. Eighteen. Okay. Oh. Another guy, one of your go-to interviews, and just, man, unbelievable. A shout-out to a comment to Rohit Verma. Um, I said it was flush. It's actually, it was a straight, not a flush. So thank you, Rohan. Good. <laughs> thank you for keeping Zach accountable. Uh, I can't yeah, read what I wrote for Duke Riley. Where, what does that I, even mean? What do you mean? Your number? You don't know what number? Yeah, I have a well, I have a bunch of scratch right, so outs. It looks do like it a last. 14, right, so but... Do it last. I wish I had that option before. Yeah. I, let's just skip it because okay. I can't read my uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, all right, now we get to the other restricted free agent. Other than Josh Perkins, there is Cameron Johnston. Now, of course, the Eagles uh, have a punter on the roster that they signed to a mm-hmm. futures deal. Aaron yeah. Sipos. Do not let the Sipos go down your leg. Uh, I, I have, have Cameron Johnston at three. Oh, I had him at five. Seven. Hmm. I literally had no idea like what their punting situation was. So Yeah, so he, he, he's another Australian. I have him so high because he, I, I don't think he necessarily is going to be the punter next year, but no one's going to sign him to a uh, – they'll, they'll probably re, re, uh, renege his rights, bring him back as a competition in the summer, and see what happens. That's my guess. So there you go. All right. All right. Now we get to now we get to the players on the roster. And uh, I I think this is an interesting way to frame uh, the Carson Wentz conversation. Wait, Where what about the guys... ex- ex- exclusive rights guys? We're not doing the exclusive rights guys. How did you get 24 then? We're not doing Boston Scott, Greg Ward, Alex Singleton? No. Those guys are all coming back. Oh. All right, my <laughs> list is so screwed up then. How Zach, did you get... I put it in the email. <laughs> <laughs> that part was in the email, but <laughs> I don't blame you. I listen. I've been through it before, but maybe it's years right. of experience. My list is so screwed up here because I had Singleton two, Scott three, Ward four. All right, so you just uh, I don't You're know. Who, I don't know who you don't have. Did you not follow that next list of like guys who are on the under contract but could be gone? Like, do you have Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett? I have. Yeah. I have that. Oh, so. Okay. Well, let's just uh, let's let it ride and let uh, Dennis and Marissa, you guys can do like a private zoom and figure it out uh, in a couple of weeks. I will take third in this right. in this game. Carson Wentz. I have I have it eight. Eight? <laughs> what? Are you nuts? So you think he's coming back then? I don't think he's coming back, but he is here. Eight. What do you mean? I you mean, the next guy after that is Richard. So it's not like I don't think they're bringing any of these guys back. I have Wentz at 23. <laughs> Carson Wentz is not coming back after all this. I don't know if Howie Roseman brainwashed you with something. You don't do what they've done and then bring Carson Wentz back. It's untenable. He doesn't want to be back. They've shot them all around the league. He's gone. 
<laughs> I agree with you, but I, I have met 14. Oh my gosh. I just think the odds are, I mean, it's still a long shot they sign on any of these guys. That could come back. Now, if they keep in that clip, will come back to bite me like the dick rod mm-hmm. one did. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, all right. You never get bitten by the dick rod. Uh, okay, Derek Barnett, and and this is an interesting one, I think, because uh, you know we put out our thing today. Um, both you and I, Zach, expect the Eagles to sign Derek Barnett to uh, an extension that lowers his cap hit this year and is is backloaded. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, he's a polarizing player to the fan base. I think there's a lot of talk that he's you know very overrated. He's he's a below average starter at defensive end. You know, the Eagles should just cut him and save the $10 million. And I don't agree with that. Um, I don't think he's a great defensive end, but he's 25 years old. He's a starting caliber defensive end. I think he is an average defensive end. Uh, you look at the, like, uh, you know, the Kapadia pass rush index for uh, defensive ends, pass rushers 25 years or older last year. Guys who played as many snaps as he did, there's like four guys ahead of him. And it's, you know, it's like uh, Joey Bosa, uh, and these like really good pass rushers. Um, you know he's better than Romeo Quara, who's going to get paid a ton uh, this this uh, off season. And like the the state of the Eagles organization, where they have no good young players at all, they cannot afford to just let go of one of the few starting caliber players on the team who are twenty five years or younger. And if you get rid of Derek Barnett. Then all of a sudden, you know, Brandon Graham's got one or two years left. You've got him and Josh Sweat and nobody behind them. I just think it would be, uh, I think it would be outrageous if they if they move on from Derek Barnett. So uh, I have him at four. Yeah, I, I have him at eight, but mind you, I used two, three, and four on exclusive rights guys. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so you've got him at five. Yeah. Or you got- I will send this at, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I will just bump everyone up. I yeah. Guess. Just take uh, your next three guys and bump them up. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, 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 I have Barnett at three. Uh, I would, yeah, I think he is a, cause I don't, I think he's can be an annoying player to watch. You know, he's a little, he's like, uh, I don't know if dirty is the right word. He certainly has uh, hits after the whistle or, feistiness maybe you you like some of that but i would say he's i would say he's an above average defensive end and at his age there would absolutely if he were a free agent this offseason i mean dante fowler got 15 million dollars a mm-hmm. year last offseason i don't know that uh you know he's a better player than Derek barnett so uh, i think there's upside that if some if a coach can come in and kind of unlock him that you could have a uh, really good player and the floor is like a, a fine starter and they have no good young players. So, I, I mean, this isn't someone who you're really going to regret giving money to. I don't think, you know, he's going to be a starter. He might not live up to those expectations, but it's not going to like cripple your franchise to pay him a, a big contract. So, yeah, I, I would keep him. And by the way, if they're going to move on from him, like if, if, if they were going to trade him or they were going to cut him because they don't want to pay the 10 million. They better do, or they they better sign Sweat to an extension before then, because they would have no leverage with Sweat. Otherwise, well, no, but they can't. They they wouldn't do that because then they'd be raising Sweat's cap hit. They would have to wait until yeah. during yeah, but, the season. But my or something but like my that. point is is like like Sweat would have all the leverage in that case because, like you mentioned, Brandon Graham's thirty three and they have no one else. So yeah. Uh, okay, Brandon Graham. 
Uh, I had Graham at six, but so move that up and that becomes three. I have him at two. I also have him at two. Or he, okay, yep. Yeah, Um, I think productive productive player. If you're a new coach and you want some culture guys in there to uh, sort of lead the next, um, you know, the next era, uh, preacher message. I mean, Graham is, you know, he he feels like he's done that for like 18 different coaches, but uh, good energy guy, good teammate, all all those different different things. So uh, I would be surprised if he were gone. Uh, So would I. I only have him uh, behind our next player, Fletcher Cox. So I have it number one because there's a slightly better chance, minusculely, that uh, Graham would be included in a trade, I think. Uh, Fletcher Cox, the, the amount of money that the Eagles would save by um, extending him or restructuring restructuring his contract is like essential to their calculus for getting under the cap. So I think he needs to stay and they, and, uh, they need to rework his deal. I also have him at one. I have him at one as well. Okay. Uh, Malik Jackson we talked about. Where do you guys have Zach Ertz? I have Ertz at, on this list, I have him at 10. God. Now is that 10 or is it 7? Yeah, that gets bumped up. But yeah, I'm at t- so I mean, seven. I what can't see him. Oh? I have him 12. Oh boy. Wow. I have him at 21. Wow. The guy gave a tearful goodbye. Like, yeah. Tuma, did you guys not see that? I thought yeah, you were in so on that. Brandon, so wow. did Brandon Graham before he was a free agent. That's true. Yeah. He's I shaking mean, everybody's hands. So I think he's probably gone. Ertz but. isn't a free agent though. So the only way you keep him is to sign him to a, I mean, are you keeping him on this current deal? That doesn't seem wise to me, given your cap situation and the fact that he's already unhappy. Are you going to extend him? That doesn't seem wise to me, given his his age and your other issues. I mean, I I, I feel like it's a it's a given that he's gone. So the I agree, and and he I think he's he's ready to go. This is it for him, and and he's not going to be back. Uh, but it was interesting when Sirianni gave the Dave Spadaro interview before his press conference. Like one of the few players he mentioned by name was Ertz. And if he wants to play 12 personnel and he doesn't think he can get that second tight end, uh, maybe they try to reconcile it and, and, and say like, uh, you know, it's a, it's a new staff, it's a new situation, uh, you're going to be on the field a lot, that kind of thing. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but again, this is not a very like great list as it is. <laughs> I don't think he's coming back. I just, I think it's more possible that he comes back than, you know, Corey Clement comes back. That's all. Well said. It's. I don't think it's. I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world. But uh, where do you guys have Deshaun Jackson? Seventeen. Nineteen. Twenty. The only reason that I, I, I feel like there's a shot that Zach could could get some points here over us is that you think about the Deshaun Jackson-Jalen Hurts connection. Hmm. It's possible. He would want to come back? No? I don't know. Okay. And, right, and, he's, two, and he uh, is under contract. We should say that. He's, he's under contract, so they would be taking a cap hit by cutting him. Yeah, but they'd also be saving some money by cutting of course. him. Of course. Um, okay. The, uh, the two guys... Who are potential draft busts? Now this is on the week one roster, so if you think they're going to get cut in training camp, you would have them higher. Uh, we will start with Andre Dillard. I have him at five, which I don't. Uh, I think that's too high, but that's where I have him. 
I also have met five. Sheila, we've been very close. I've met seven, uh, but you can bump mm. that one up as well. So. Uh, so that's a four for you? Yeah. Okay. And then where do you guys have J.J. Ortega Whiteside? Nine. Nine. So I have to go through it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I have to go through it afterwards. I also have him at six. I apologize to our listeners for being scattered. I'm feeling good. I think the the less research I did and and uh, not as much knowledge of some of these lesser known guys might have helped me out here. I'm feeling good about my performance. I think it's pretty possible that Arthega Whiteside makes the team. Oh, I don't yeah. think he should. So where do you have Duke Riley? Did you figure it out? That's what I'm trying to figure out right now, if you could talk for one second. I have Duke Riley at number 11, based on the fact that they need to have a linebacker. Yes. Um, I agree with that, and that's where I, I think that I had him around, but I my numbers are, are for Cocteau now, too. I had him at 15. 17, 18. All right. Who do I not have? 19. 20. Yeah, uh, post pop, post, what's it called? Post production. Uh, that seems like a you issue uh, there. Ah, okay. I see. Thank you to All right. Kent. I've got him at, I've got him at 12. What did you have him at? I had him at 11. Okay. Next year, I'm going to make a Google sheet and we will put all our answers in there. Okay. okay. That's all I did. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I will do it that way. Okay. Why don't you guys send me your revised uh, list so that I can put them together? Then I'll tweet it out. More work. I didn't screw anything up. Mine's you, said you, did a, you said you did a Google sheet. Just send me what you have. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. All right. Well, uh, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. Think the uh, I think the commenters would let us know. Yeah. Uh, so uh, make sure, as the lower third says, that you subscribe to Birds with Friends on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can, of course, subscribe to the Athletic at theathletic.com/slash/birdswithfriends for uh, a handsome deal. And uh, that'll do it. We'll be back, I guess, whenever the Carson Wentz deal happens. If it happens, what do you guys think? I think yeah. it's still yeah. happening this week. I agree. I think it's still happening this week. Okay. Well, in that case, we'll talk to you soon. If not, we'll talk to you next week. So for Sheil and Zach and Kent, great to see you, buddy. I'm Bo. Thanks, as always, for listening. And, of course, we love you.